What's going on, gamers? I'm doing a big stretch. Everyone stretch. I'm stretching. <laughs> I'm gonna warm up. Touch okay. your toes. Yeah. Stre oh, hey. Speaking of a stretch, it feels like Pat really stretched this first part out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that was a stretch of a joke. is up murderers hello and welcome to the kvoth killer chronicles the podcast in which we are rather rude to our friend and enemy patrick rothfuss you better have him blocked on twitter hello i am your host sarah popcorn janos that no that doesn't work anyway, let's just go down the list uh hi uh i'm janos uh and uh trying to think of an interesting fact um <laughs> Did, did did you know? Here's an interesting fact. Uh, originally for uh, for the role of Jar Jar Binks, uh, George Lucas wanted him to be played by Michael Jackson, and the only reason why he didn't do it is because it was gonna be CGI, and Michael Jackson wanted to be like in a costume. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, next, um, my name is Summer. Oh God, interesting facts. I wasn't prepared for this. An interesting Never fact. Either. Is that my cats are very cute and they're close by, and that's the most important thing I can think of right now. Aww. that's so interesting. That is yeah. interesting. That is pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, you win. <laughs> I'm Robin, and interesting fact is, uh, this is so difficult. I've forgotten everything I've ever known in my entire life. Name a See, woman. See, now you know what it's like to be in Elodin's class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> name a woman. God. I will name a woman. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's my interesting Thank you, Robin. fact. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, what's up, gamers? It's it's Dan here. Um, and my interesting fact is that my name is... Uh, I'm named after a steel worker who uh, lost his job and uh, came to work for uh, the family funeral home. There's my fun fact for you. Yeah. What's his name also, friend. Dan? No, actually, <laughs> Steven. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, it was Dan. He was, he was a good friend of my guys. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are we doing today, both killers? Yeah, it's all right. Excellent. Get a beer. <laughs> nice. I've got a whiskey. I've got a, a large glass of red wine and a strawberry vape. <laughs> it's fucking sweet. Wait, a strawberry? Are you vaping vape? into the wine to like make it strawberry? Yeah, I'm flavoring it. I'm flavoring yeah. it. Infused. Like a, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's like when you missed a cocktail, but like worse. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Today I was on the street in Belfast and we were walking down the street and there was a group of teens mm. hanging out. And the person in front that was walking in front of us past the teen had the teen sidle up to them, hand the person like 20 quid and be like, hey, can you buy us some vapes from the vape shop over there? <laughs> and the person was just like, oh, yeah, sure. What do you want? And now I know where teens wow. are getting vapes from. From the vape shop? <laughs> like that's That's my interesting fact. I probably would have done that as well for them. I think you can get them online pretty easily, too. Yeah. You can just say, oh, yeah, it's my parents if you open the door. <laughs> yeah. My no parents love vapes. Couldn't imagine imagine like doing that though like imagine going into a vape shop not because you want to vape 
but because like children want to vape like just you have to walk into that like recently like thrown up there's two posters on the wall and like a glass case full of stuff Mm -hmm. and like just the guy who you don't even you've never seen anyone who looked like him you know just in the shop and you've got to ask for coconut pina colada or some shit like it's like come on i I got other things like, to do. Like, how did I get here? <laughs> I would I never buy a child a vape. Not because I don't want... I mean, yes, I don't want children to have vapes. I would rather buy vodka than vapes, yeah. like, on yeah, principle for a child. 100%. But I also would rather die than go into one of those shops. I'm not brave enough. Oh, I never I never get mine from a, an actual vape shop. I get mine from the friendly guy in the corner shop near where I live, who um, always calls me, like, lovely. Um, it's, it's very community-based um, mm-hmm. vaping. Um, I will buy alcohol for children. Oh, not not like I- actually legally. You can't pin me on this, but like, <laughs> but like if kids come up in to Minecraft, me, in Minecraft, yeah, not to five year olds, but like no, but like I I was outside allegedly a shop one time, and these like two teenage girls who were like maybe sixteen came up to me and asked them to buy them some like Thatcher's haze, which is like like yeah, like really like teenage cider, and I was like yeah. I've been That's where a you respectable are. Respectable drink. It is for a tea. It yeah. is. I feel like I'm what, just like what? dying, waiting for someone to ask me to buy them a drink, just like <laughs> hanging outside the, sh- the shops, just like asking kids how they're doing. Wait, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> like when they consider you. I can see. I've had not. a situation where I was like at the like close to the the like train station here. Uh, like I, I think I just like left it, and uh, and there were like these two dudes coming like towards me that looked like I don't know, seventeen, eighteen. And one of them was like, "Hey, you got fire?" And I was like, "No." And then the other one is like, "Dude, I told you he he don't doesn't smoke." <laughs> <laughs> I told you he doesn't smoke. Like ima- imagine, like again, I just want I want to put ourselves in these moments more. This is what Pat's asking us to do. Think about the minutia. You're you're, you're two fellas. You want to smoke. You see Yanos uh, come coming up, and you go. Uh, to your to, to your fellow smoker, wannabe smoker, <laughs> I wonder if he's got a light. And your response is like, "Nah, look at that guy. He don't <laughs> he don't have a light. He don't smoke, right? Like, why why would why do they consult about this? Why was there a back and forth? Why didn't one of them just go up and ask? Well, they did. Well, they did. Yeah. I whole story there. Whole whole interrelation there. Yeah. 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 I love that they clocked you as a non-smoker. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, you have to make a judgment about everyone, like in the immediate zone that you live. Just which one vapes? Every yeah. every kid's yeah. got like a chart. I feel like we've already been over which uh, King Killer characters vape. And it's mostly Elodie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he doesn't vape um, like yeah. vape. He he's like he's got what I've got, which is like a weed vape. It's 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 yeah. like enormous and and weirdly high tech. He just vapes incense. Yes. He like makes his own oil. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> name of the vape. Don't <laughs> no, name of um, <laughs> Shall we? Okay, I want to talk about this book because sure. there are surprisingly some things to talk about in these chapters that we read uh, for this episode. Yeah, there were like um, two chapters that started with like they trudged along. <laughs> yeah, like, yep. and that's what we were doing this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've got a little summary here that I've written on a post-it note. It says stuff that happens. Point number one. Kvoth grinds in order to pass his tuition fees slash exams. Also, there's a fan fiction drug involved. 
Second point, Kvuth gets unbanned from the archives and allowed to sign up for naming class because Elodin caught him being nice to Auri. That is pretty much it. Yeah, now that you say it like that, uh-huh. that really is like the two things that happen, huh? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm no exaggeration. <laughs> Which is, yeah, there's a there's a whole ton of filler. Like there's a there's a bit at the in at the beginning. Who cares? I don't even remember what happened there. Kvuth um, is depressed now, but yeah, wait, there's a Fucking, just going around. There's another Aeolian scene uh, where Pat is uh, really showing off about music terms or like trying to be like the guy who knows music. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like apparently so he little... doesn't know anything about music. He's no. mentioned famously, famously, he's a po- he's famously. A po- but he's coming up with like all these like deep philosophies about what it's like <laughs> to be like Sarah. You said this about uh, about Brandon Sanderson that he like writes about an artist, but like very clearly doesn't understand art, right? <laughs> yeah, like he's is, he is trying. He has researched pencils. Yeah, <laughs> but I, he doesn't quite get it. I do want to say though, and I don't I don't start too early with a pat on the back, but our. Uh, our, our, our readers who who unlike us have not uh drunk themselves into three brain cells but will remember <laughs> that our one of our main theses of last season was that the only good parts of this book of the last book was when it was just vibes and i gotta say yeah, I, that's true I, I was vibing i had a really good time for these chapters nothing I happened liked them thank god you know <laughs> thank god these chapters happened. These chapters were like playing Animal Crossing, like in the best possible way. And he lets you know nothing's going to happen early on where he's like, yeah, fast, sitting around doing nothing. He pulls out a linen uh, towel to rub things down. And just like the moment I hear like he, he like it's a linen cloth and Pat's like, I got to tell them it's linen. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're we're in for <laughs> we some go. real, <laughs> some real set dressing. I'll admit that I like started reading a bit late, so my read was kind of like a hard skim. So like when it's just vibes and you're <laughs> yeah. like just searching for something important, yeah. it gets very confusing. <laughs> it's just nice you're reading and you're like, no, nah, there's nothing I need to retain here. Let's go. Yeah, there were bits <laughs> yeah. like, in the, especially in, like the first in sequence, like I didn't retain anything. What was happening there? Like there's some stuff going on in the background. Who cares? Uh, but like I, I think because I agree, I had a. This feels like drinking water, right? <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, it doesn't. It isn't hard to read mm-hmm. these one hundred and fifty pages. Like, no. um, and and yet it still is because I need to just ask you all. I want to read a quick section here from chapter okay. two. And just just ask you all what's going on. Like just the, chapter two, huh? Chapter two. Just really like like sit. You're a dramaturgist. Uh, you, you, you know, you've been hired. By this theater to help the actors understand their lines and these are the lines like what's going on here okay so it's second second uh cha- uh, second paragraph but well, the first paragraph very important chronicler reached the bottom who we know is best mm-hmm. and anyway so next chapter two or uh, paragraph two chronicler cleared his throat uh, as he stepped into the room i'm sorry to have slept so late he said it's not really he stalled out when he saw what was on at the bar <laughs> Are you making a pie? Quote <laughs> looked up from crimpling oh the edge of the crust with his fingers. Pies, he said, dressing the plural. Yes. Why? Chronicler opened his mouth, then closed it. His eyes flickered to the sword that hung gray and silent behind the bar, then back to the red-haired man, carefully pinching crust around the edge of a pan. What kind of pie? <laughs> Apple. 
coats. I can't read this. Like apple coat straightened and cut three careful slits into the crust covering that pie. Do you know how difficult it is to make a good pie? Oh, really? Chronicler admitted, then looked around nervously. So. <laughs> Listen, it is pretty hard to make a good pie. Listen, I went through a pie making phase when I was in uni, and it's fucking difficult to make a good pie. He's right. But I will say, I, I'm here for this. There is a bit later in this particular chapter where he says that making a good pie is harder than making bread, and I disagree with that. Mm. But I feel like pie this is, is sugar fruit. It's kind of subjective. It's so right. mundane. He has like a whole lecture That's, about like this is my favorite part. I have to when re- he's kneading bread and he's like, oh, I put <laughs> I cut the bread into like some bits. I kneaded them and I'm like, oh yeah, fucking yeah, this is the good. <laughs> yeah, but, but oh, no. I love this but, part okay, of it. Okay, sure. So the reason I asked about this section and I want to bring the attention to it and like I'm laughing at myself. It's not okay. Good part. Nothing's going on. Pie is great. Why? <laughs> Why is Coat so like concerned that he knows I'm making pies? All right, man. Like, don't don't <laughs> think I'm just making a pie, right? Like, why? 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 Why do we need to emphasize he's that? Like, why did Pat need to go pies to make it, and then calm down? What was that? He's trying to make it clear that like this is the shit he cares about now. No more magic. <laughs> no more swords. Pies, just bro. pies. Uh, Chronicle <laughs> opened his mouth, then closed closed it, and then he asked a question: What kind of pie? <laughs> it is it is unbelievably mundane i just want to say like i know you've all said that this is like super like um vibesy i will i think because the way i was reading this was super super close any mm-hmm. uh, and and to be fair first mistake right so yeah first of all that was a mistake and second of all i'm at this point where anything both does kind of pisses me off you know that yeah. tweet that's there, like, you know when you start to hate someone and every little thing they start doing starts annoying you? Like, this bitch oh, eating yeah. oh, soup. Yeah. Um, I'm like, that's how I feel about Quoth, like, every <laughs> single time. But also, every single time he had to interact with a woman in this, like, section, I have, like... <laughs> I'm like, he interacts with a woman in this section? Oh, the whole, the whole section, section that we read. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, two pages yeah, yeah. of notes. I'm, no, the pie wasn't a woman. No, the pie... <laughs> But it could have been compared Even just to like the... What if Chronicle is secretly a woman? Well, that makes you think. Okay. <laughs> are we going to address the, the... Speaking of gender, are we going to address the tweet or no? We're just going to move on. Oh, God. We'll get to... <laughs> what was the tweet oh, again? No, I, what tweet? The Devi the Devi oh, tweet. Oh, I remembered the tweet. <laughs> I guess we'll get to um, Devi when we get there. And maybe then oh. we can discuss whether that matters. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I like, remembered. Speaking of this, uh, just, just to get back to the pie section real quick. Because... <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> still, still looking for help. I think a good question to ask is like, why does Patrick do this? Like, that, <laughs> so that's something I, did... I, I, I just ask like all the time reading this. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is Patrick doing this? Why did that need to be in there? Like, I get it that you're trying to write a long book, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The hmm. last, the last book I read, I think I mentioned this in the other episode, but just the last book I read was Earthsea, Wizard of Earthsea, which yeah. just like clips along so fast. It's just like it's hundred pages. This, yeah. this, 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 <laughs> and it's like going from that to this is like, oh my god, yeah, so <laughs> exhausting. But I will say, I made a note like in this section, um, because I was thinking about how when I read uh, the Name of the Wind the first time and loved it. I like <laughs> I identified with Quoth and like how like energetic and like like into life he was, but actually like rereading it this time, I feel like I identify with Quoth or Coat a little bit more, which is mm. very <laughs> strange to admit. 
It's like, just leave me alone. No more adventures. I'm making pies. I just want to make pies. Well, yeah. But, but Koen, I will also say, feels like an entirely different character to me right now. Like, on this reread, that, like... Coat in book one like is suicidal and wants to die. Coat in book two is just like chilling, like kind of like <laughs> you know be, being upset by the fact that he forgot a word. You know, making pies. You know, just kind of vibing, which to me is well, like a very different mood. Yeah, I think then. Chronicler is doing between that. books. Yeah. The term cottage core was invented, and he's, <laughs> he's accepted his role as a cottage core. He's king. loving yeah, it. That's right. Um, that's right. I mean, I do think that that feels kind of like what Pat is trying to do. Because right. there's the whole section where he tries to, like, come out to a random patron as Kvothe, and then the random patron, like, doesn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, so, fuck like, off, mate. Come on. Yeah, why does he do yeah. that? I think Chronicler like, and Bast are, like, trying to bring him out of his shell. So it just kind of yeah, makes sense like, that he's... Yeah, like, I feel like Patrick is trying to trying to be like, oh, look, like, after one day of telling his story and remember who, rem- remembering who he is, like he's different. Like stuff has mm. changed. Mm. Okay. Mm. No, I think that's I don't know if it's successful, but no, that may be what Patrick been, is trying to do here. It has mm. been one night, but to be fair, like mm-hmm. that that one night was also like the entirety of Name of the Wind. Like, mm-hmm. I love how like comically impossible it is for like just to say all that in one night. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to read you like a 700 page book in one night. It'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from what, from the notes I have, which are like the general moods. Well, first, my first note is Patrick is just saying words. Yeah. Um, sure is. About the first chapter. And it's just like opening the book and being like, there's a silence of three parts. And then you're like, ah, right, here we go. Fuck, here we fucking go again. Like, this is Patrick's <laughs> shtick of just saying words and they sort of make you feel a thing but nothing too specific yeah um i do think it works the like cottagecore stuff to set up this like in in this cottagecore mood and then have that undercut by like darkness and depression and coat being emo about stuff and like yeah I don't know exactly what it's doing, but I just feel like it's working. This is, again, the Patrick thing. I don't know what he's saying, but he's there's vibes. It's vibes. It is, like, unfortunately, a sort of kind of poetry, the way that he, like, forms everything. Unfortunately. <laughs> Which is, like, he he's constantly, like, making digs at poetry in this book, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if that was a thing the in the poet, first book. The poet killer. But in this yeah. one, there's, like, the... The guy that, like, Dana stays with that's a poet. And then there's, like, the bits where, like, Quoth is going through the library books that Elodin assigned, mm-hmm. uh, assigned him. And he's always, like, uh, there was a book of, uh, of poetry and it sucked. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I do and remember didn't... him talking shit about poetry last Yeah, week. he said something like, poets are just less talented musicians right. or something I mean, yeah. to be fair poets suck ass as, as, i'm like <laughs> I, I, i'm with pat on this like i know enough poets and i so, i've been in the weddings of many poets i i i got friends who are poets poets kind of suck ass i'm I mean, sending like, this to them I, send this to like <laughs> they know i've said this to their face many times right like i'm it's, it's, i'm like unfortunately a real sucker for poetry so again mm-hmm. this is another mark in my hate quote uh, journal. I love poetry. Not all of it. Oh, I like poetry. There is like, mm-hmm. a, like there's a lot of poetry that sucks. Mm-hmm. Most of it, mm-hmm. even. But did did you all feel that there were more like one liner mottos in this in this first like hundred pages or whatever than there were in the last book? Like just, there were just some these yes. little moments that were just like like a line where you could tell Pat was real proud of or that he had pulled from some like 
I don't know, <laughs> folk story here, remember? No, definitely. And I think that I don't think it's like pulling them from a folk story necessarily. I think it's one of those those things where you're thinking about the characters and like you have an idea of what your characters are and you're like thinking about stuff that they would say, but you're thinking about it in the shower. So you get out the shower and you write it down and you're like, okay, I've got to work <laughs> yeah. this in somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're you're 100% right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just dying for apply. someone to like quote his book yeah exactly. so he has yeah. to like put them in wherever he can yeah 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 he got because goodreads loves the first book at least yes um and i'm sure they also like have like but i i feel like patrick you know being a goodreads author like i feel like that might really go to his head like his like yeah everybody's like posted all my quotes from the first book <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how we're like yeah. kind of doing the 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 thing where you hate a guy, so you just constantly hate everything he does. Literally, <laughs> the writing that Pat does. <laughs> I can't pod- stop it. It's, it's impossible. What is the name of the podcast? I mean, yeah, we know what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like totally. I don't know. I, I do try very hard when I'm reading this to be like, if there's something that is good, I'm like, okay, yeah, this right. is good. Yeah, like you know, like the in bit. There's like a bit where both like doesn't know what a pumice is and like clearly doesn't really know how it is is like completely bluffing and i'm like that is something we hate about him but it is also quite funny that he's running an inn without no- knowing how to do it and i'm like yes i do enjoy that <laughs> and then i remember like everything else about both and i'm like yeah here fuck yeah mm-hmm. love this guy. Um, <laughs> i mean there are individual scenes that i did really like in this section there was also like a couple that i really hated um mm. and we'll get to that but like just in general like after they leave the inn right uh because i i I mentioned earlier that I read like the first 230 pages uh, mm-hmm. of this book uh, back when I like I enjoyed the first book when I first read it, right? So I was like starting the second book and I stopped for some reason. <laughs> and mm-hmm. my here's why I think I stopped reading it because while just reading these 150 pages wasn't like hard, it had a an easy read flow, I'd say. Um, yeah. Aside from nothing happening, one thing that starts grinding on me even more is that there's just like so much stuff that he needs to that he needs to like go through the same shit again, right? Like because it's the start of a, a new semester, right? So there's all these things yeah. of the tuition again, okay? Yeah. Playing in the Aeolian again, um, not affording the tuition, having to go to going through the uh, the admissions. admissions again, going to Davy again, right? Like all of these. Is stuff. it the same stuff? That's so um, true. It's the same thing that like started to annoy me with Harry Potter as well, right? Like where it's like seven <laughs> books. Do they explain and... Quidditch again? Exactly. Like <laughs> every book needs to have a Quidditch game, right? Yeah. And this one this one feels like it starts to mm-hmm. really grind on you when mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we know how this goes. He won't be able to afford it, so he'll have to go to Devi again because Devi is a popular character and she doesn't have another purpose in the story. Yeah. No. She's a popular ca- character and according to Patrick's tweet hung. She's <laughs> super hung. Yeah. Yep. Um <laughs> So yeah, to, to read you some numbers about this, they they start they jump into the actual the, the narrative of the both telling the story narrative of the book on page twenty five, uh, and he starts um, every term at the, the university began the same way admissions lottery followed by a full span of interviews. So that starts the Quoth is like, hey, I'm going to have to pay my tuition fees, and this is a thing that I'm going to have to deal with. He finally pays his tuition fees on page one hundred and three. Mm-hmm. The yep. tuition fees is like the main, like 
conflict in these first hundred pages. And when you think of that in terms of like the, the span of like a normal book, and obviously Pat's mm-hmm. writing a big book, but if you think about it in the terms of like a typical fantasy novel, say 300, 350 pages, like that is nuts. <laughs> That's fucking insane. <laughs> um, and it's book two of a series and we've had this conflict already in the first yeah. book. I, I, I will say... Uh, so book two of a three-part uh, series, right? Like it's not a seven-part series. I forgot yeah. to ask this last time. Um, has anyone read the full, this full book before? Yes. Yes, yes okay. Because like, I, 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 so we don't need to do spoilers or anything. Um, because when I think of this book, I remember like three, th- like when I first read it, I think of three things. The the intro, I remember the silence of three parts. Like I remember that being kind of cool. Yeah. But then I remember, and I guess I'll describe it in as vague a term as possible, um, the sign language monks and mm-hmm. the sex fairy. Yeah. And right. like, I legitimately forgot that there was more Ambrose stuff. Like, I, like, like, <laughs> entirely gone from my mind. So, like... And even Quoth says that here, right? Like, he says in this first section, like, he, he tells to his friends all the time, no, I don't care about Ambrose anymore. Ambrose is done. That was the first book's conflict. I have a lot to say about <laughs> yeah. that, but we can get into that in a bit. <laughs> to, to read you some numbies, um... The sex fairy stuff, because we all know about the sex fairy yeah. stuff, it's infamous, for, we've all known about it since the start of this podcast. Yeah. The sex fairy stuff in this book starts on page 629. Holy shit. <laughs> and it's like the most memorable bullshit in the whole book. <laughs> and like, nothing in those first 628 pages has stayed in my mind from this book. <laughs> I have um some important life-changing things, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. okay, I'm excited to get to them. Are there <laughs> any in this section? Uh, no. Okay. Not at all. But the thing about the grinding for my money tuition fees part is I don't hate it. Like, if Patrick was writing a slice of life novel, which he has done in Slow Regard of Silent Things, right. I would quite enjoy this. Like, there is something re- nice about the mundanity of being like, I'm in a fantasy world and here are the extreme specifics about what I have to worry about in my life. And like, I don't know, just going around doing stuff, mm-hmm. hanging out, playing at the Aeolian. It's like grinding in a video game and you're listening to a podcast in the background and say, you're just having a nice morning. <laughs> this is like when I play The Sims and I'm like trying to get my Sim to the top of the career that they're currently in. That's, that's sort of <laughs> yes. how it feels. And that there is some satisfaction to that, like him getting in back into the university and like getting a slightly lower tuition than was predicted for him. Like there is something quite satisfying to that. But it's like it's kind of like it's like how pop music is a- allegedly the reason that m- so many people like it is because it's so repetitive and like the more <laughs> you hear something, yeah, the more familiar familiar you are with it and it like comforts you. Yeah, so, like there is a like a certain amount of like that vibe of just having that familiarity and just being like lads about it mm-hmm. yeah. but but on the like on the like video game comparison thing though like mm. one thing that doesn't like work about this for me is that like in a you know the having basically no means and having to like you know it's like a low level thing right like you start out with having nothing yeah. and there's a certain like early level satisfaction like in a stardew valley type game for example where you'd be like okay uh, now i'm able to make like 300 gold now i'm able to buy a backpack right but to have like yeah. to like retread the same thing in book two like that's where mm. it's uh what starts to not work for me right he shouldn't be low like, level anymore yeah. yeah he should be like you know at least 
have bought his house in Whiterun by now. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, there was so much in the first book that was, like, about him, about, okay, now I do, now I can do the artificing. Now I can do all these. Like, he, he does get, like, upgrades, right? Yeah, yeah. he acquires the skills. Yes. <laughs> Another question on this, because instead you sort of brought me Oh, wait, hang on. Oh. I just realized my, my sort of concluding point oh, to, like, oh, I like the grinding for money bit is that that's not what you want when you, like, read the back of this book and it's like, my name is Kvothe. Kvoth the Dragon Slayer, the renowned swordsman, the most famed, notorious wizard the world has ever seen. Like, <laughs> you yeah. pick up this book, you read that, and you're like, I'm going to get a fantasy adventure. Mm-hmm. And then you open it and it's like, I'm selling the tankards that I've stolen from the widow Jaxus's house to the other bard. And sorry, I'm like, I'm grinding at the that's, I'm grinding at the experience factory right now. Can you come back later? <laughs> and, and, yeah, and you know, like, if you said that to Pat, he would have the biggest smirk on his face, like hmm, subverting expectations. You know, like I know, I know. But yeah. It's not so good. yeah. But my what were you saying? Dan? My question in the slice of life thing is it's a two parter. It's a it's a it's a question of two parts. Um, the first you have part, to pick a third. You have to pick a third to be on theme. Yeah, the, Sorry. The, well, the third part. Yeah, yeah. The third part is is the third part of the silence that is always assumed. And that is, I want to fucking die. Um, just <laughs> oh, I just, thought it was the why are you doing this, Patrick? Why are you doing, no, the first part is: Do we think the Pat watches a lot of anime? And number two, yes. do we think that this is really just a manga without images? There's a slice of life isekai manga i don't think the answer could be no but i wanted to put those two <laughs> questions out i don't think patrick watches anime really <laughs> i don't th- well i feel like patrick might watch anime nowadays yeah. but this book was published in right okay yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 totally uh 2011 yeah if there's yeah. one thing we know about patrick is that he has very basic taste for better or worse <laughs> right like he likes but it doesn't say that the things he likes isn't good, right? Like, he, he likes Discworld a whole lot. Um, but, like, we, we talk about this on our other podcast where we talk about Discworld that we used to talk about this a lot more in the past. That, like, every time he, like, writes a Goodreads review about the Discworld book, he has, like, the most <laughs> mundane observations about them. <laughs> but But I think his... As he talked about The Hobbit, right? Like, I think his tastes in. He's obviously, like, stealing a lot from Leguin. Uh, but I think his influences are, like, mainly, like, the regular fantasy influences stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I really feel that, especially in, like, when he puts in a piece of a song, like, indented oh, yeah. in the text. Because Lord of the Rings does that, like, Wheelie Time does that. Yeah, that's a classic high fantasy mm. thing. Yeah. He definitely stole a lot from Earthsea as mm. well. Yeah. Just like the naming yeah, and the. For sure. There's even like a master namer. <laughs> yeah. I. Like, maybe if he had read more Slice of Life manga, um, he would be more comfortable making this the whole book. He'd be yeah. better at it, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, that's, that's sure. fair. Um, yeah, because I mean, what, um, what the Slice of Life would need, like we said this in the last season, but like it would need a colorful cast of characters, which. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like I still, I still don't know who Willem and Simon are. Yeah. They're not <laughs> anybody. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, okay, all right, fair they're enough. Just like yeah. the devil and angle on his shoulder. But I, I, I just wanted to respond real quick to one thing of like Pat having good taste. I, I don't think Pat has good taste because I don't think you can have good taste if you don't have taste buds. Like, you can know what's <laughs> supposed to taste good, um, but you can't. Like, so 
you know, every every fantasy author is going to say Terry Pratchett is good. I mean, you just sure. can't get away with not. I mean, the same yeah. way, like, if you're studying English literature, you, like, Jane Austen is great. She is great. She is. But you have to say it. You can't kind of not. But, like, mm-hmm. I remember, and I looked it up because I, I needed to re- reconfirm it. It's worse than I thought. Uh, I, I consulted the forbidden texts uh, of Pat's <laughs> Twitter. Um, <laughs> no, no. And he, when he Never. first watched, he, he live tweeted his first viewing of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. What? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And, um... So I, I'm just going to read a few choice. I mean, this, this isn't just like bad taste or everything. I mean, I think Scott Pilgrim was fine, whatever. But he goes, I need to know, does every guy out there identify intensely with Scott Pilgrim or is it just me? Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, He's super shitty the knives. It makes me want to shake him until his teeth rattle. Yeah, fair point, Pat. You know, uh-huh. that's, not, that's not too bad here. Um, I'm not sure why I'm having such an emotional reaction to this movie. Why I'm identifying so much as his character. Maybe it's that... I don't think I've ever acted like Scott Pilgrim acts, but I absolutely feel the way he does. Pat, like... What? <laughs> what does this mean? It's, you're, like, this is 2019. He's like Wait, a, wait, wait, he tweeted that in 2019? This is, this, this, this is, this is April 26, 2019. Oh my god. Cool. So, like... Okay, is it wrong to like Scott Pilgrim? No. no. Is it wrong for, like... You know, a guy uh, in particular, whoever, whoever, to identify with some of the shitty mistakes Scott makes and then kind of enjoy him learning or something. It's fine. But, like, if you're watching this movie with a child as, like, a full-grown adult and you're still really identifying, like, not just, like, understanding. Understanding is fine. Or remembering. Remembering is fine. But, like, identifying with Scott Pilgrim, like, that is... That's a taste problem. That that's a like you're 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 fixing. You're in the oral stage or something. You're kind of you're, you know arrested development has occurred. There's like so I don't know. So saying Pat Rothfuss likes Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okay, cool. He likes it because he identifies with Scott as like a forty year old. That's yeah, that's a less good reason. I, a lot know. of what we said about his Discworld reviews too, that there's like some takes he has where he's like very clearly not understand. Like he doesn't understand um, the basic ideas of who Carrot and Vimes are. Like he talks about how how uh, how Vimes is more interesting than Carrot because Carrot is just a goody two shoes, which <laughs> is like Carrot is not not true. <laughs> yeah. Was Patrick the person that said that? Vimes is Superman, yes. or like, and then Vimes is or, Batman and Carrot is Superman, and that's yeah. why Batman is always more interesting. It is like, like Carrot could not. It, it is just such an unbelievably incorrect take that I'm just like, I feel like he didn't read the same book that we did. Like to 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 come away from those books thinking that Carrot is is a superhero character is just insane. Yeah, or or or, or. I spend. Okay. What book is this? Oh, the Discworld series. So, like any of the oh, the watch books right. in the Discworld series with Carrot. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was Men at Arms. Uh, one of those. Mm. Uh, no, yeah. not Men. Might have been Peter. I need to read more of those, but, but, and so, in general. Yeah, I like spend so much time like. Because for some reason I still follow Patrick Rothfuss on Twitch and have decided not to unfollow him, so I get like a little notification that's like Patrick Rothfuss is streaming, and I usually just ignore them. But so occasionally I'm like, "All right, this ought to be good." <laughs> Tom Hanks, um, and it's like when I'm not looking at Patrick, I'm like hoping for the best in that you know, as we all do as humans, that he is going about the world 
looking at things and taking them in and like you know learning and growing as a person as he gets older and like you know moves forward through time um and yes i'm sure he has to some extent but i click open on his twitch streams and he's like quite often he's what he's doing or what i've seen him doing is like chatting with people and like interviewing like other twitch creators and like he's trying to like give them a boost through his audience great stuff wonderful patrick love that um love that for you but like he is still steeped in this undercurrent on like any conversation he has of a like sexual jokes and b egotistical jokes yeah sorry and like he's never saying anything like outright offensive or that would make you know he's very nice to his guests he's very polite he's pretty good interviewer but it's like the whole undercurrent is just horny (laughs) egotistical and like it he just can't seem to get rid of um he can't but, but like Sarah, Sarah, just real quick i wanted to say like to your, to your point on um because i didn't read I, I forgot like the last tweet um or one of the last tweets on this on this thread <laughs> um because but like the, the, the other thing the weird sex thing is also like i could, i don't want to get too freudian here but i, I could but like <laughs> there's something here but the last but it's just these things that are annoying and it always comes to i mean god bless him pat's always himself and so his last thing is he goes <laughs> yeah. for people who That's are asked faintest praise <laughs> he sure is himself yeah he's, he's always himself um for people who are asking here is my one-line pith review of scott pilgrim vs. world uh-huh. scott pilgrim vs. the world it's like a john hughes film had sex with a really good anime <laughs> on top of an n64 and then had no. a very clever pretty and slightly fraught baby oh. Is he 12? Is he 12 years old? First of all, that does confirm that Patrick watches anime. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, no. Like, I think I I stand by he's probably watching anime these days, but... uh... This actually makes a lot of sense for why he hasn't written the third book, because (laughs) what Quoth is currently lacking is an arc where he learns humility, and Pat has absolutely no idea how to write that. (laughs) He's never experienced it himself, so... Yeah. Right. He's waiting for his like moment where he learns humility, yeah. but he's not allowing that moment to come <laughs> into his life. Yeah, speaking of uh sexualness and lack of humility, do you want to talk about the fan fiction drug, which is what I've been calling it? I, I want to talk about something that happens before. <laughs> yes. So oh yes. That is sexual. Uh a very a very small point, but it is so they're in the Aeolian, right? Is this about Mary? Yes. Marie, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to mention that. <laughs> I'm not sure if we want to talk about the same thing, but we've established, like Patrick has said this all the time, that the character of Manet is himself. Really? Yes. Damn. Because He appeared and I was like, who the fuck is this character? Because he was also, Patrick was also stuck around in university for way too long. I did not know um, this about Manet, but that's, that's a change that, okay, carry uh-huh. on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting it's like the the classic like horror story trope of like you read the story and then there's like the last line of oh but there was no one under the bed like that sort of changes the whole story up until that point like that's what i'm experiencing right now <laughs> okay carry on Janos. carry on so he always says that that, that character is his self-insert because he also stuck around for way too long in university and what hanging around describing... with 15 year olds <laughs> And he's describing Manet like Oof. in the same way he looked uh, back then, I think. Um, so, anyway, does anyone want to take over to what he does here? In the, so there in is the there is a female character in the Aeolian when uh, so it's it's our favorite classic characters, um, Sim and Will. Will um, 
with Quoth in the Aeolian. And they brought Manet along because like they want to play a game and they need four people. Um, and Manet's never been there before. And he's like, whoa, where the hell are we? Everyone is treating you like royalty. And then Will and Sim are both like, yeah, the- he basically is royalty here. And um, we're simply riding in on his coattails. But this isn't the point. The point is that there is a female musician called Mary. Marie. I don't know why I'm pronouncing it like that. Mary. Marie. <laughs> and she gets up and plays a really impressive fiddle uh, performance. And like everything about how she is described and the way that Manet reacts to her is now that I know it's Patrick's self-insert character, <laughs> I feel like I'm going through hell. Oh, she's so, this. I hate this because she's like the not all girls character. Yeah. I mean, more more even so than Janet is in like a more mundane way. Or Fella, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But every time Patrick has a, she's not like other girls' character. They're still like smoking hot. Like there's like, there's oh, yeah. a big oh, point yeah. about like <laughs> Fela being like a ten, but she's there's yeah, there's no ugly different. girls. But okay, so this is how Manet, which bear in mind is. Patrick's self-insert character describes Murray. That is a woman and a half, which means she's five times more women than any of you know what to do with. And like, the, the, the way the book describes her is like, she's taller than most men, proud as a cat, and spoke at least four languages. Many of Imra's musicians did their best to mimic the latest fashion, hoping to blend in with the nobility, but Marie wore road clothes. Pants you could do a day's work in, boots you could use to walk 20 miles. And then, and it comes back when, yeah, and then, so at the end of it, because Manet really likes Marie, and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to her, I'm going to ask her out. And whilst he's talking to her, he says, she's like, okay, I can meet you but a bit later. And he's like, oh, I'm willing to lose some sleep if it comes to that. I can't think of the last time I shared the company of a woman who speaks her mind firmly and without hesitation. Your kind are in short supply these days. And she loves it. And I'm just like, Ugh! she loves it. She Ugh! loves but But he's also like, there's, there's, he makes a point, like Patrick makes a point about like Manet being, Manet knowing the secrets to ladies in a way that like none of the other like guys. He's uh, a pickup artist. In this troupe would understand, right? Yeah. Like, ah, oh, you, you listen to the, listen to your elders. They will teach you about the important things of sex. You will. And it's like this. I don't know if this is... How do I put it? Would this flirting work on you? No. Like, the thing Manet does? Because Patrick is very insistent no. that this actually works. <laughs> being, like, very persistent. Being like, oh, you you don't no. have time for me right now? That's okay. I have. I am going to stick here for really long. If I said to a guy who came up... To, so if I, if I did, like, a pub gig, right... Yeah. And then somebody came up to me afterwards who clearly really enjoyed the performance and said, that was amazing. I'd be like, that's really nice. Thank you. And then he said, I'd love to get a drink with you at some point. And if my response was like uh, Marie's in this book, because if, if, she says, I can't right now. I'm with some friends. If that's what I said, what that means is no. That is a polite right. rejection. <laughs> no. That is like a, I'm really sorry. I appreciate it, but I'm busy. And um, uh, no, thank you very much mm. seriously yeah it seems that patrick does not know that <laughs> so so there's a i don't know I, i'm a big uh, jenny nicholson fan uh, yes. youtuber very good um this whole section and especially a reading of it this time um 
reminded me of when she did her like reading book review of Trigger Warning, the the yes. campus shooting like one <laughs> um, book about the snowflakes being attacked by Antifa terrorists. Um, yeah. Uh, she's the one that did the uh, review of Dear Evan Hansen, well dressed as well. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Very good video. Um, Jenny Nicholson's a gem. I always watch it. Anyway, but like, just the way it's like one of those things where, like, when you one thing that like I like about a lot of her videos is that she takes these like absurd bad books or whatever, and she you know because she reads large sections of them, like to kind of comment on it. You can kind of hear out of the absurd context of it all, yeah. just how weird and bad and kind of like artificial it sounds. You kind of forget some if you're reading like you're kind of you kind of adopt the logics of the book you eventually yeah. begin like the book books have a really even bad books have a way of like teaching you how to read them getting you used to the rhythms of of, of it that you kind of just go along but like yeah. when you excerpt moments like that this literally just it reads exactly like just some <laughs> guy i mean i don't want to say like some guy writing a woman poorly oh big shock there fine but like <laughs> just the most weird non-human uh descriptions the, the <laughs> inhuman back and forth like uh dialogue like i i don't know what's good about this section other than the fact that when i read it it was fairly easy to read i guess and so i yeah. kind of just moved on i you know anyway so yeah I just, yeah it, like i i didn't because <clears throat> you guys are talking about this section i didn't even notice this <laughs> apart from the one post-it that i have in the middle that just says why is so much of this book about picking up girls oh right yeah we know why <laughs> but speaking of like just like weird contrived here is i'm talking to a woman type dialogue i really noticed that later on at the very end of the section that we read where both like finally like goes back to debbie and was like here's what i need for like my tuition please blah 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 blah, blah. um and like they have this kind of dialogue that's written out where it's just like really like quick back and forth between Quoth and Devi and like it's the most contrived sounding oh dialogue. Mm-hmm. I am trying to fucking find it and I can't. I'm really stressed. No, no, but I think you're right. <laughs> I was just thinking about sorry, the the way that uh Patrick writes women in as far as I can tell, all of his writing <laughs> is like the kind of the kind of dial or the kind of uh, thoughts that have made me non-binary. <laughs> I know that men are thinking about women this way. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want that. God, yeah. I think I have I have a little bit more to say about Debbie in a second, so we can like put we that can... next. I have like just to because I have found a place where like Manet asks out. Mary, and it's yeah. so wild. Like, I'm just gonna read mm-hmm. out some stuff. So his, he says, Mary says, it's a pleasure to meet all of you. And then Manet says, Will nodded at Sim smiled. Manet, however, came to his feet in a smooth motion and held out his hand. Mary took it, and Manet clapped it warmly between his own. Mary, he said, you intrigue me. Is there any chance I could buy you a drink and enjoy the pleasure of your conversation at some point tonight? Do you? Okay, um, I'm just going to interrupt you right there for a sec. I'm really sorry. But do you know what this reminds me of? It's like, what? do you know you get those posts on Twitter that's like a picture of a pretty girl? Oh my and God. And then they're like, how do you open? Yes, <laughs> yes this is exactly it. <laughs> this is exactly it. Oh no. So everyone is like shocked, right? Um, and then it says, uh, Mary blinked and cocked her head a bit as if considering. I'm here with some friends right now. It might be late by the time I finish up with them. When makes no difference to me, Manet said easily. I'm yeah. willing to lose some sleep if it comes to that. I can't think 
Oh, the last time I tried a company, yeah, that's the one who speaks her mind firmly without hesitation. Um, you're kind of short supply in these days. Uh, and then he continues and says, I've no desire to pull you away from your friends, but you're the first fiddler in 10 years that set my feet dancing. It seems a drink is the least I can do. So buy her a drink. Um, and then Mary says, right. <laughs> like, that was what, what that was what everyone was doing all the time already, like buying each other drinks. Um, Marie says, I'm on a second tier right now, but I should be free in two hours. Uh, and then Manette says, uh, well, they finish up, right? Uh, and then in the end, it says, uh, Simon looked as flabbergasted as we all felt. What the hell was that? Manette chuckled into his beard and leaned back in his chair, cradling his muck to his chest. That, he said smugly, is just one more thing I understand that you pups don't. Take note. Take heed. Take note. Take heed, bro. He's, like he's, he's handing a pickup artist book into their hands, right? He's like, have you guys read the game? Dude, it, it, it smallest thing. Take but like, Sorry, if this is the first fiddler in 10 years to make you set your feet dancing, maybe you just don't like the fiddle. That, that just might be on you. That just, you might just not be a fiddle guy. <laughs> just like overwhelmingly Manette is presented as like their older friend who like they should listen to and trust like he they have there's the whole bit about the, the suten where like both when people offer to buy both drinks he's like I'll have the suten and that's like code name to the barkeep for like oh just like give me water and keep the money and give it to me later and like Mane is like knows about this and he's like oh I'll also have the suten like oh here both you could have the money that someone is buying me drinks as well. And like, like honestly, that was, I was reading that, I was like, oh, that's a neat little, fun little, again, grinding hack. Yeah. That's a neat rupee farming strategy you've got there, Gavoth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, it's another thing that's just like, oh, <laughs> here's Manit, like, he's a guy that like, knows what's up, knows the ways of the world, it, and you should listen. Until to you all said like, Manet, I thought it was Mene, like I, I was saying, know. like, the painter. And like, I, but now I've been saying about it. Now I'm reading it. Yeah, like but the you French, just complained like, about the French, so I think it's yeah, fair. <laughs> Pronounce like, it wrong on purpose. No, but I'm reading it now like Manette, like little man. Like I am like the little man. <laughs> <laughs> Manette. I'm a Manette. Manette, yeah. Um, there's there's also an explicit mention that Manette is like ten years older than Mary, so that's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, just acknowledging it. But like, they yeah, say it's so. a cool thing, right? Like they say it like, yeah, it's uh, cool. like it's cool that he picks up younger girls. I don't know. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like Patrick is supposed to criticize is trying to criticize his behavior, right? Like, no, he I mean, this is I, cool. I think it's less creepy than yeah. it was in the previous book where they were talking right. with a sort of similar character who was I can't remember his name for the life of me, but like the older guy who was talking about Denner, right? Um, and was like, yeah, we had a thing. And it's like, okay, so she was, what, 14 at the time? It doesn't feel like that, because I feel like Marie has been established to be somewhat older than yeah. than all of them. Yeah, it seems like this is the cool version of that, right? Like, in the other yeah, one, it's supposed just to the not like it, version. But, like, maybe it is cool to have, like, an older guy who knows how to pick up girls at the bar. Like, I don't know. That's all I have to say about the uh, about the Aeolian stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. the same... Um, I, oh, I did actually, because there's the bit, because Quoth does a bit here where he plays a really easy song, but like acts yeah. like it's really hard, and then plays a really hard song, then acts like it's really easy. Um, and then there's some like discourse afterwards, which again, like, Manit like explains stuff to them. Like, 
Manet spoke up. So really, it's an issue of two audiences, he said slowly. There's those that know enough about music to get the joke, and those who need the joke explained it to them. Marie made a triumphant gesture towards <laughs> Manet. That's it, exactly, she said to Stanchion. If you come here and don't know enough to get the joke on your own, then you deserve to have the nose tweaked a bit. And they sort of start talking about how, like, this has pissed off the gentry, and, like, how both, like, you know, has done a really clever joke, but oh, maybe he shouldn't have made that really clever joke because it's like offended people. And I'm reading this and I'm like, wait a second, this <laughs> sounds exactly like edgy comedy discourse. Wow. I just I have not considered that, but you're but right. But like the version yeah. of edgy comedy discourse that edgelords think it is, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh, I could make a joke and it would offend people because I'm so clever and the joke is correct, mm. but people would be offended. Just Yeah. It- I mean Fill me in on edgy comedy because I feel like I get it, but I feel like I've missed a particular part of discourse here. I mean, I don't know if there's a real version of the edgy comedy discourse. More so as reading this reminded me of people talking about like, oh, are my jokes too clever for you? You have to have a certain, this is literally, and let's all remember that Patrick Rothfuss has written for Rick and Morty comics. (laughs) This is literally, you have to have a certain level of IQ to get what Kvothe is doing. I think like my my good faith reading, like I think there's different uh, (laughs) like reading of this where I'm like, I I think, I think what he's like going for primarily, even though I I could see him trying to make the same argument for comedy, right? But I think it's more like a comedian's comedian thing, right? Like if someone is, yeah. someone is telling, it doesn't have to be edgy, right? Like, but it's like, there's like type of, types of people who are like not well. Like the, I think the idea is the artist who is like not like a pop phenomenon, but mm. like the people in the know all like love him, right? The, the, yeah. uh, only a hundred people bought the first Velvet Underground album, but everyone who bought it founded <laughs> a band, right? Like it's that idea <laughs> of, um, of, yeah, this is the, this is the, the musician's musician. And there's like this, this type of thing in like everything, like a filmmaker's filmmaker or a yeah. comedian's comedian, right? This, like a, exactly. I think that's like mainly what he's going for. I'm not sure if uh, if the edgy discourse is also, but I, I could see someone make the same point about like edgy comedy, like for sure. Mm. The fact that he's like actually like offending people, though, I think plays into what Sarah yeah. was saying. But more. I think the offensive part about this is I'm not sure if if what offends them is that they got a joke played on them, right? Because there's. Yeah, I don't know if they talk about like people being offended more right. so as like they're like, oh, he's ruffled a few flat feathers yeah. in the room. Like yeah. it's supposed to be uh, the 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 people being offended are like it's kind of like a sticking it up to the to the patrons who because uh, he can't get a patron because of uh, Ambrose, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. So now he's only punching up, to the, playing to his peers instead of the ones who are supposed to give him money. And like I. I yeah. I get like it. I, it does I, make him very annoying. I I, yeah, I will I will be very clear. It it's it makes quote very annoying that he does this trick, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what doesn't? I was gonna say like I, um, I get what he's going for in this whole bit, and I don't think it's like it's certainly not out of character for him to do. I think it's a well written bit. Um, I just fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> yeah. But again, this comes I mean, back to the whole this bitch eating soup attitude yeah. that I have to this, where they're like anything both does kind of pisses me off. I, I'm much like the gentry in this scene. Where I'm clapping politely and then everyone starts laughing and I'm like, well, I'm going to keep clapping politely because I'm at a show. Um, 
My I, this bitch playing loot. My specific, this bitch playing loot. <laughs> my specific criticism isn't even just that Quote is doing it. <laughs> to me, like there's a writing thing about because because you explained this, Sarah, that uh, he does this joke and then Manet explains the joke and then Marie is like, haha, yes, that's exactly it. That's so right, right? Like I think mm. if it just had described the thing that what he played, that would I would have been fine with it. I was like a bit come on. Okay, you've explained the whole thing. Like, he's so proud. Patrick is so proud that he came up with this thing that Quote does here. That he mm. has to have, like, another 10 pages where everyone is explaining it, why he did it this yeah. way. Yeah. It, and I think that yeah. that's one of the things that makes this so exhausting <laughs> for me to read. It's just like, okay, so, like, I, I kind of, I'm trained as a literary critic. I went to undergrad. I'm doing grad student stuff. Give me five texts and I'll make them sound like they belong together and they're all talking about a similar topic and blah, blah, blah. It's like, give me one book and I can make sense out of it. Um, when I read, and I could do that with Wise Man's Fear if I wanted to. I could compare, as we sort of brought up, the older men and the sort of relationship between young women and older men in the book and blah, blah, blah. But the problem is, like, I just know that there's just, no, there's not, it's all surface here. There's not going to be any moment later on where, like, Oh, somebody tells a joke and it doesn't go over well and like both learn or like there's a funny bit and both learns that like sometimes being an asshole means you're the idiot because people who are not idiots aren't assholes all the time, even when they could <laughs> like that's just not gonna Pat's like real proud of himself. And here's another moment where the good smart guy and his buddies who are in the know do something, the idiots who are in power we all hate, don't like it, they don't get it, something goes weird, something goes wrong. Um, it's an accident if anything bad happens. And, like, that's just profoundly boring. Like, it is deeply, like, to my soul, just boring. It is It is why it is boring to hear your friend who always plays the bard explain their, like, you know, 12 <laughs> 3D chess brain level uh, way they're going to kill the dragon in two shots. When, like, no, like, this is the final boss. There's no two-shotting it like this is a big encounter and go, right? Like, it's just, it's boring to listen to them try to do it. It's like, you think you're being really fun, but you're just being the main character. This is boring. It's boring. It's very boring. surface. Like, that's 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 the thing yeah. about, like, every time. The same thing, there's a different part where, like, Dana plays the harp and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and quote, like, does this whole inner monologue about how, yeah, it's, music isn't about speed. It's about uh, having a sense of timing, just like with a mm-hmm. joke. When you tell it, uh, you have to have comedic timing and telling, mm-hmm. a sl- telling a joke quickly doesn't make the joke better. And it's the same thing with music. It's not about everyone can play fast, but, but people think that's playing fast. Like, just like he, he so over explained this whole thing. And then, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. is it going to be like, is it going to say anything <laughs> like important about their relationship or about no. Dana's character that he, she has like a it, sense of timing? <laughs> it does. It, it, it reminds I wish he would use Sorry. his advice about art. I just wish he would use his own advice about art to like time his book a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. You it's just strange. Yeah, it it reminds me of like the things I tell my students all the time in writing. It's I'm just like when I'm like when I'm prepping them to like write their midterm papers or final papers. It's like if you find yourself constantly like addressing people who aren't there, like it's a it's com- commonly said that blah 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 blah. But you just keep coming back to like this made up like what the what you understand the common thing to be 
you probably have nothing to say. You almost certainly have nothing to say, right? <laughs> when you just have to keep inventing this person who doesn't get it, right? Um, yeah. And it's like, that's exactly what's happening. Is that just what Will and Sim are there for? Like, to, to not, not get it? Yeah. Like, sure. I mean, guys? they don't have any other fucking role to do. Like, can you name a single memorable thing that either of them said? <sighs> one of them helps him when he gets drugged, uh, but I can't tell you which one, and then the other one helps in the library. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and one of them has does not have English as a first language. Yes. Yeah. But I, again, right. cannot tell you which one. I think I know, the next thing yeah. that happens immediately is the dragging, so... Hang on. I, yeah, I, no, I, one, I have one more thing yes, to say please. about the alien. I'm so sorry. It's the Go bit ahead. where he starts playing, um, and he looks up at Dana, who's in the audience, and he's, like, just talked to her, and he has this whole thing about the fact that she's, like... He, like, doesn't directly compare her, but he, he talks about her, and then he... It's it's in the chapter called Love. Um, fuck, where's it gone? Um, it's a chapter called Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't read the titles. Yeah, it's like, uh, why I'm glad. It says, um, she, like, she waves at him, and then he turns to his, his lute, um, and he says, I touched the loose peg gently, running my hands over the warm wood of the lute. The varnish was scraped and scuffed in places. It had been, tr- un- it had been treated unkindly in the past, but that didn't make it any less lovely underneath. Yes, it had flaws, but what does that matter when it comes to matters of the heart? We love what we love. And he keeps going on about how to love something truly is to love it despite its flaws. And I'm just thinking, mm-hmm. this is an interesting comparison to make if you're trying to say that you love Dana despite her flaws. But in this specific context, her flaws, quote unquote, are that she's been mistreated in the past. That isn't like a flaw. Yeah, I had the same like, thought. Yeah, no, I'm pretty... like. I feel like that paragraph is just about the loot. I mean, it comes. I don't know. It doesn't read like it really comes up like that. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I mean, feel it's like it's got to be like the chapter is called love. Yeah, and it's it's like I think it comes, is... Yeah, it just it coming right on the heels of him like waving at Denner and her looking at him. I'm just like I get what you're trying to say. It, I think it it's well meant. It doesn't work for me. I mean, if it's just about me reflexively the- taking everything Patrick says at its most sur- surface yeah. level, like as a defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's just about the loot, it's just bullshit. Like a loot is a loot. <laughs> yeah. Like he loves Patrick. Loves to. I, I I think like knowing what he said about like not knowing anything about music, and and that's why he's very proud how much he wrote about music. Like really illuminates how much. Like it 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 really shows how proud he is like how much he's like showing off about like writing as if he was a musician like coming up with like what a musician would think about music and it doesn't work for me at all i never pick up my shitty violin Let's talk about, and, and uh, stroke the pegs lovingly and say wow it's damaged but but i kind of want to fuck it yeah he always like hits the touches the pad he always touches the the peg that is like loose before he plays the song hmm. let's talk about admissions yeah Let's talk about admissions. My now I have two post-it notes on this page. The first page of this, like, sort of second, sort of at the start of this drugging sequence, I go, "This is a fun drugging sequence. <laughs> it's an amusing and refreshing hypothetical. Would be funny to plunder it for fan fiction, though." <laughs> and then I turn the page, and then that is the point at which Fella comes into the room, and I go, "Oh, what the fuck." This is so fucking bad. <laughs> I fucking hated this so much. This is the bulk of my notes. <laughs> Um, this is like the worst part of this book so far. It might be worse than like most of the stuff in the last book. I... For the listener, a quick explainer as to what happens, because I am assuming that if you listen to this podcast, you will not read this Please book don't. because you are sensible and value your sanity. 
Um, Kvothe is about to go into admissions. Like, I think earlier that day, like, a woman came and, like, bought him a drink and it was all weird and suspicious and blah blah blah. And as he's about to go into admissions, he starts to feel a little bit funny and he sees Ambrose and Ambrose gives him a funny little wink and like says a funny little line and the line makes both realize that he's been drugged and up until this point like some weird stuff has been happening to Kavoth where he just like has been like randomly yelling at people because he feels like it he starts just spitting on the floor like in the middle of the room because oh his mouth is a little dry and eventually it transpires that he has been given a drug that like without the sort of other effects of alcohol similar in like an alcohol style completely removes any social inhibitions that you have he has absolutely no social filter for why he should not do a thing and again surface level it is an interesting like hypothetical mostly it seems like a thing that you would put into a fan fiction in order to make two characters fuck yes yeah (laughs) so yeah ambrose has given him this drug to make him fail admissions and thus the scene continues but like the so the thing that would like in a fan fiction scenario, right? Like this would go in a way where, like, maybe Dana Dana would show up, and then he would like actually confess his feelings, or whatever character yeah. in the fan fiction they're shipping him with, whatever. But it would be like a confession of feelings, probably to a character like he actually has feelings for, um, and then that leads to that other character also realizing or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it like it feels like a useful tool in the fanfic author's arsenal to like remove obstacles from the canon in order to make the thing you want to happen. Absolutely, happen. right, right. So let's talk about what Patrick does with it instead. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> must we? <laughs> we have to. Oh, we must. We must. I so okay. This. I'm gonna just like. Do we want to slap a content warning on this? Yeah, I think we should. Um, I think I think it's worth it because I think that's mostly what I want to talk about. So, content warning for sexual assault and sexual mm-hmm. harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly, kind of a blanket when we're talking about these, yeah. but here specifically. So he, when when he's t- taking this drug, um, I think it's it's Sim he goes to for help to say like what's happening mm-hmm. to me and sim explains what we just explained about it it gets rid of all of his social inhibitions and they decide that the best way to get past this is because you can't get rid of it it's an alchemy thing it's not a drug so they say well okay we just need to delay your admissions and previously fella had gotten a tile for a later admission slot than quote so quote says okay well if i can trade with her then i can get this out of my system and i'll be able to take admissions and be fine so Sim gets Fella to come back to his room where Kvothe has taken off his shirt because he felt hot. It's very like, haha. Um, mm-hmm. And Kvothe proceeds to sexually harass Fella. And it is that. The book doesn't play it as that, but it is sexual harassment. Yeah. He says he says to her, um, I have to find the page because this... Um, I have a quote I want to read after this too. Hell yeah. Um, I was just thinking about something. It's a page... 77 for me. 72 for me. I've got 72. Yeah. So he says, Fella, you are just gorgeous. I would give you all the money in my purse if I could just look at you naked for two minutes. I could, I'd give everything I own except my loot. And it's like, (laughs) it's played for comedy. 
Yes. And yeah. and I just and and again, not to like fully take the book out of its context, like we were talking about earlier, when you read these lines stripped from any context, it feels completely different to the mood that the book is setting is is putting you into. But if if this had happened to anybody in the real world where you and and the the closest thing we have to it is someone being drunk if you came across your close friend when they were drunk and they had their shirt off and they said that to you that is sexual harassment and personally just personally i would never fucking look at that person the same ever again because if the whole thing is they need to yeah yeah go on no no no. it's just it's like if you've removed all social inhibitions and their first instinct is to say that to you it's like well you've been do you do you feel this way all the time <laughs> yeah and it goes deeper yeah. than that because uh a couple of things first 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 you know i i just want to make clear um you don't even need to take it out of context like it really took me out of this book like even in context mm-hmm. um so even before right because we have established this drug removes all inhibition or like all like uh common sense of like what is right to do and not right yeah so previously like sim asks him stuff like uh what what do you think would be a normal thing uh to do and he said uh to go to go kill ambrose right now for what he did to me uh, that would be a normal thing to do uh and he's like well what would be worse to to um what is worse stealing or killing and then he can't answer right like stuff like this so we have established he doesn't have any filter. Um, he will just do like w- what he thinks without considering whether that's the right thing to do. Like well, just what he wants to do, basically. Um, and then Quoth is like, bring Fela or Fela because she has the later time slot. And Simi is like, oh, no, 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 that's a bad idea. So we understand, right? Like this is what Patrick thinks. Or this is what Sim thinks, I guess, in this situation, that if Quoth in this situation sees a woman, that's gonna go bad. Like, it already sets it up, right? Yeah. And then it does go bad by him, like, uh, you know, basically sexually harassing her, or not basically, like, actually sexually harassing her by saying that. But the, to, to, to bring it even further, there's a bit where um the other, yeah the other horrifying line right there's a bit where sim is like uh, no you shouldn't like fela shouldn't come inside uh and then quoth is like wait what do you think would happen that i would like ravage her like and you know without her consent or whatever like something like that and, and then and then he's like no i would never do that that, that, just... that i want to just point out that that is not before fella enters the room fella is there that she, the she's there him. inside right yeah i don't i don't know the exact yeah, the, events the, but the there's point... a there's there's a point that like patrick is making here that like without your without your filters removed it's completely normal thing to desire that you 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 want to see this person naked and like would pay money for her to like be naked like that's that's a normal thing that like teen boys you know boys being boys but uh he would never rape her like that's that's, that's where, where we draw the, the line. line and that line drawing is so and that just makes it worse right yeah it's well there's like, a point where he's like oh sexually harassing her is fine because you know in the book's own 
own terms that it doesn't think of it as sexual harassment. No, that's just boys being boys. Exactly. Like, that's what Patrick is saying here, right? <laughs> because like we've established that there's the even worse thing that he wouldn't do. Right. Well, like, it feels like this part where, like, um... What's the matter? I asked. Are you worried I'll tackle her to the ground and ravage yes. her? I laughed. Sim looked at me. Wouldn't you? Of course not, I said. He looked at Fella and then back. Can you say why? He asked curiously. I thought about it. It's because... I trailed off and then shook my head. I... it's... I just can't. I know I can't eat a stone or walk through a wall. It's like that. So... This little section really feels like Patrick is so proud of writing this, like, gotcha <laughs> yeah. of, like, oh my god, like, it's I'm going to establish that, like, my hero, like, he has sexual thoughts and with his inhibitions removed, he'll say those sexual thoughts because, oh, it's not his fault. He's had his, he's, he's been drugged. He's just saying this mm -hmm, shit. Mm -hmm. But, like, he has this core good part of him inside him that means that, oh my god, he would never rape a woman. Isn't that amazing? Like, and that the worst thing, the worst fucking thing about this is Feller is charmed by this. Like, right. in the, in the yeah. very next section. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Sim was watching me intently. I wish I knew what that signified, he said. I have a fair idea, Feller murmured softly. And she's, she's like, mm -hmm. she's approving of the fact that even in this condition that he's in, he wouldn't rape her. Which is just like yeah. I, it. It is. It yeah. is bizarre that you would write this. It's, it, it's <laughs> just, it, it really. Good. I mean, one of the things that gets to me is like it's very difficult and just blunt back. It's very difficult to write erotic things. Not like erotic that like for the audience, but like like characters experiencing like erotic emotions. Because a lot of the times it's not too double two sided, right? There's a lot of like unrequited desire and et cetera, et cetera. So like, but this isn't how you do it because exactly what you exactly <laughs> what we're, get, we're getting onto is just like this is a joke. This is a joke, and it's charming, and that's the that's the kind of mood that is set after all of this. And so to me, like the idea that like folk would say something like that, that actually like is fine to me. I you know if Pat if Pat had that and then fella got like pissed. Like, like, responded, you know, like, I don't want to say, like, reasonably or not, just, like, responded in a way that makes any sense. And, like, left, and then, like, left him without a spot or something. And then he had to go somewhere else and then, right? like, had to deal with the, like, consequence, like, any consequences that or something. That would have been perfect. It like... would have been so fine. Exactly. But it, it isn't. But, because, yeah. like, yeah, like, the start of this, where he comes in and says, I would pay a hundred gold to see you naked right now, like... That's an unhinged line out of context, but like, it actually it does actually make sense with what's happened to Kavoth and his character as like a horny teen yeah. that has been established sure, up yes. until now. And as a writer, Pat, like this is more interesting. Your horny teen guy gets his inhibitions taken away. He says what he's been thinking or like or lusting after whatever, um, and has to deal with the fact that he said it to another human being. Yeah. And then the human being responds, you know, as you would expect. And makes and takes away something she was like going to help him with. It's like, no, you're going to be a fucking asshole. I'm not going to help you with this. So now Kroth has to deal with a new problem. My like, new plot thing comes up. He has to figure that out, like on that level, and a new character thing where Kroth has to actually go, oh shit, S you know, sub subliminally, not subliminally, uh, what's the, uh, you know, um, um, unconsciously, I've been lusting after Fella in some way. I've I've shown this by being an absolute ass. 
by, by be, being a sexual harasser, you know, saying these sort of things. And now I have to figure out what I'm going to do with it. And then pack, like, I all of a sudden you have like three or four interesting chapters where like in the immediate future, Quill still has this cohesion problem. He has the long-term issue with Fella. Maybe she never gets over it. Maybe Quill does like really apologize in some way and something happens. Like there's a million different things. But this is the most uninteresting, boring choice you could have made <laughs> that is also the worst. She's just fine. Right? <laughs> Patrick can't put, like, quote in a... There's this thing in... Um... I remember this uh, in in the in the I think it was in the Blades in the Dark rulebook where uh, where where John Harper, the creator of the game, says um, the most important uh, or like the best character advice I ever got was uh, player characters like you're driving a stolen car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had this uh, when I have uh, GM that game a couple of times, and I had a player who was like really upset about the idea of permanent change happening to his character that he was playing um mm. like we had to have like a long discussion about it and that's that's what patrick's writing feels like to me that he can't have <laughs> yeah. something like permanently change about quote or can't Absolutely. have like something about him come to light that is like actually makes himself like confront like himself with like his dark side or anything right like that just can't happen to him because the because he's so precious to Patrick. <laughs> like, this is not even a bit, like, this. that genuinely feels like a symptom of Patrick playing the game of Dungeons and Dragons. Like, a game where if you make a roll and the roll fails, unless possibly you have a mean DM and you roll a natural one, if you fail a roll, nothing bad will happen. It just means you do not succeed at the thing you are doing. Like, yeah. that is what this feels like. It's like he never rolls bad, ever. Yeah. Gets good roll. He yeah. crits, or not crits, um, gets a natural 20 every single mm-hmm. time. And like, even in this, yeah. and you're completely right, because you could build so much more conflict and make this scene so much more interesting by having her being, having her reacting like a normal person. But the issue boils down to, and like, I'm sorry, but the issue boils down to the fact that I genuinely don't think that both, and, you know, by, by extinction, Pat, doesn't really see women as people in the same way that he sees no. the male characters as people and you you know you get 100%. This in the in the way that every single time a woman is is introduced in this book you get this description of how every head in the room tends to look at her you have this with marie <laughs> you have this with fella you have this with denna you have this, this makes me yeah sorry go ahead no it's it's just like every single time that happens and you never get this for a male character because it's it's not within what pat can imagine because he's straight like and and fundamentally we don't like just doesn't see women in the same way as as he does men yeah and I think yeah this, this is, is a perfect like, transition into this this like quote sorry. i wanted to read um yeah. of the character that sarah mentioned very briefly but we just kind of breeze past. It's like three oh or my four God, pages. Oh the one about her voice. Yes. Oh yeah. Just God. like three or four pages, like before this situation with Fella, where he said, or Patrick describes uh, this woman walking into the bar. Uh, 
Actually, that's quotes right over there. I looked up to see a woman sitting at the bar. She wasn't dressed like a student. She wore an elaborate、uh, burgundy dress with long skirts, a tight waist, and matching burgundy gloves that rose all the way to her elbows. Moving deliberately, she managed to get down off the stool without tingling her feet and made her way over to stand next to my table. Her blonde hair was artfully curled, and her lips were a deeply painted red. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help wondering what she was doing in a place like Anchors. Are you the one who broke the arm of that Brad Ambrose jacket?、Uh, jacket? I don't know how we dis- we agreed on his last name. She asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it is Jackass because they do Jackass. Yeah.、Um, yeah. She spoke Auteron with a thick musical. Modegan accent. While it made her a little difficult to understand, I'd be lying if I. <laughs> okay, I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't find it attractive. The Modegan accent practically sweats sex. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Something a fifteen-year-old would say. Okay, Patrick. Right, like that, like took me the fuck out. Like, there's、yeah. we've had this long discussion on Asobab that we we had an audio issue, so it was not recorded, <laughs> but. We had this discussion about like George R. R. Martin having these things where like sometimes he has just like one half sentence that pulls him pulls you out of the like old timey writing that he otherwise does and, and like Patrick's writing isn't necessarily old timey but he does still have like an kind of like an like he's got his rhythm yeah he has like an、he's、elevated the, the rhythm to his,、yeah. to his、yeah. writing like an elevated、yeah. style I guess like a very like good comedy or <laughs> a very literary style I guess and then lines like. Sweat sex, like、yeah. it just feels so weirdly jarring, real, and、uh, not belonging into a high fantasy setting.、Right. Yeah, I mean, but also in this case, you have the double whammy of it being spoken by a fifteen-year-old. Right. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> Although I guess you could consider it in that, like the Quoth is fifteen at this time, but that this is being narrated okay, by older Quoth. Okay, that is、uh, so. Like Patrick. Patrick has the excuse.、Yeah. It's not a very、yeah. good excuse, but he has the excuse of, "Oh, this is older Quoth's Wait, interpretation of he, younger Quoth's death." He's only like seventeen or eighteen in the like he's or no, he's still really young. I don't remember how old he's, he's he is. Like in the pub, he's like twenty three.、Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But he's I mean, like, look, okay, oh, but summer. He's twenty three, but like he's not a virgin anymore. So <laughs> oh yeah, right, 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 right. And just way older. What's he can describe sex as our voices as、uh, sweating sex now. He knows what、yeah. it's like. Uh-huh. I, I'm I'm just sweating generally. What what、um, what's the deal with these like weirdos and like lipstick? Like I, like、yeah. it's Jordan、so、Peterson in like you know in his like、you、lipstick rant、them. about like why women wear lipstick. Pat in like constantly like I, I'm so, like per, very personally here. I've had two thoughts when it comes to lipstick. One's like man that lipstick worked with that outfit. Or two, <laughs> I would have gone with the darker shade. Like, 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 it's always just like,、uh, you know, it's a dress. So, does the dress look like not? Is the color good? Does it match? Like, like, that's it. Like, it's who who goes See, like, man, that you, lips like. That do you mean you're not doing、like, the Jordan Peterson thing where you look at a woman wearing lipstick and you're like, this is to indicate sexual arousal? Exactly. But the worst part is like, if if Jordan Peterson wrote about Patrick Rothfuss's like oeuvre and like Jordan Peterson wrote the article. Uh, Patrick Rothfuss、uh, and his use of lipstick. He uses lipstick exactly like Jordan Peterson describes lipstick being used. Like Pat actually does see lipstick as the sign, the symbol, <laughs> the desire to sort of you know create sex in in a single pigment. Oh God, I hate it. Just, I don't get. It. I just. 
One thing okay. that I've been thinking at the fella scene here, and I think we can like close it. Uh, yeah, I have one last thing to say about the fella scene. Yeah, for to me, like my closing thought on it is, I guess, like I've been, I've been just cause, cause, you know, as I like to say, writing is really just about like making up guys to get mad at, making yeah. up, <laughs> making up situations <laughs> to get out of, right? Like that's the whole thing about writing, like setting up a conflict and how's our character get out of this. Um, but you don't have to like. You don't have to do it. <laughs> is 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 my main point. Like you, you you set up a conflict situation. Okay, he's been drugged. Uh that's why he can't take part in admissions. Okay. But why put in a whole scene where you as the author just like hold your reader's hand and say, "Hey, my protagonist would never rape." Like why is why that? Put in, why was why it put necessary? In, that's so sad that that's something exactly. that you need to specify. And why put any of this in at all? Frankly, we've had the admissions bullshit in the first book. We don't need it here. You could have you could have had a fucking paragraph to say, "Oh, I did admissions." <laughs> like it, it's not as interesting in terms of like. But but then you think about the fact that this is a fucking nine hundred thousand page book. Like you. You could have trimmed this down so much and have avoided the scene in its entirety because it isn't it doesn't change anything about Quo at all. He he ne- he doesn't reflect on how he feels about Bella. Mm-hmm. Uh she doesn't reject him and get angry at him. She feels nothing, if not flattered at the situation. There's a line like later on in the book that's gonna make this all make perfect sense. Oh no. I yeah. Wait. I <laughs> I soon. have this note. Yeah. I have this note about this scene. Um mm-hmm. And I, the note is on the poster that says, oh, is this Patrick establishing a pre-Fillurian level of horny for Kvothe? So, so that's, that's what I was, I was going to say, uh, earlier at one point. It's like, in what, I mean, again, where I kind of share this rage, and we'll, we'll see if it's exactly as bad as I remember, but what really <laughs> seems to be like, like Quote's problem, like the mistake he makes is that he, he comes on to Fella like an amateur. Right, yeah. like he doesn't do it right. There's no, there's right. no style here, right? He doesn't, he doesn't really understand. He's not, a, he's not sexually mature yet, and so like the problem is, you know, maybe, maybe if he just like wasn't so horny all the time and kind of knew how to play the game right, he could have whoever. He doesn't know the game. That's it. Yeah. Like, and so like what, what went wrong in this scene? What, like, why is it bad? Not because Foth is a fucking you know, pervert, annoying, bad sexual harasser. It's because he's not really good at it yet. He's not Manet yet. He's not Manet yet. You know, mm-hmm. in like the the end of the book, that's the status quo change as far as like quotes sexual prowesses. I guess like it's that he now has been like taught by the sex god how to have sex. Yeah, that is his character <laughs> arc in this book, isn't it? <laughs> he loves to fuck. It really, really is. Good. Like this is literally just this is the book that fucks it. Right? Oh, he fucks a lot. It. <laughs> the worst fuck comes right after. I will say, like, the one thing I remember, like, the, the my retching part, like, I retched, and just for the listeners coming up here, uh, when we get to it, it's in 600 pages. Uh, it is the first person he has sex with after the sex fairy in oh, the description God. of that, yes. which is just like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, just, just I think... to distract me from, like, thinking about that just yet, <laughs> I have one last thing I want to say about this, uh, like, incident, this encounter, this Dungeons & Dragons style encounter, is just, like, and I can't find like a specific because I'm not really paying attention. I'm trying to podcast instead of read, but I feel like there's 
sort of a part where like Sim is just like, oh, it wouldn't be a good idea to look at women right now. Stuff like that. And like the vibe I get from this scene is that when Fella comes in and Quoth is like, I would pay a hundred dollars to see you naked and blah 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 blah. The vibe I get from this is that, oh, Quoth would have done this to any woman. And also, like, any man would have said this to a woman if he had taken this drug. Right. Because, like, that's just what all men are thinking about women at all yeah, times. It is It is exactly what Janusz said earlier about it is such a boys will be boys kind of thing where it is like, oh, you're biologically... It's just the natural just you, you are You're a complete slave to your biological uh, quote-unquote needs. Like, no matter who you are, you will feel this way. Except for apparently Quoth. And I think this book has a really actually in a kind of real sense quite dangerous understanding of what sexual assault is yeah um, because it is it is portrayed as like a, a character you, you know it is a sort of it is a great thing i, I there is a word for it and I, I can't think of it right now but that that quoth would never promise and and it is just like if if you're establishing that this drug would let him murder somebody, it would let him kick a dog, these are all textual, it would let him do the worst things, and not this, you have a fundamental... Uh, but it will let her, him sexually harass her. You have a fundamental misunderstanding of what sexual assault is and how it works in society. And I think... I think ugh, this, this scene just made my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah. Yucky. Yeah. Yucky. That's what I have um, to say. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, ew. Again, and it's it's. To, to, so I'm gonna make it a little bit worse. By a little bit, I mean a lot worse. <laughs> Great. The vibe I got from the scene, I get because I know that Kavos does fuck in this book. The feeling I get is that if this had happened to post Valerian Kavos, like he would oh, have. Christ, that's an like, excellent it, it, point. It feels like Patrick is trying to establish that, not that not so much that oh. Kavoth would not sexually assault a woman because, like, the point of the drug is that it removes all social inhibitions and Kavoth would murder a person. It just feels he, like Patrick is trying to establish he, that, oh, he's a teen boy and he doesn't know what he sex doesn't know is how. and he's not capable of that. Yeah. Yet. Oh, and he doesn't know how to do that. Let me, let me yeah. like, he can't do that because he is not sexually mature, not because he would not sexually Jeez. assault someone. Because he's already yeah. sexually assaulted her. No, but you're kind me... of right. Because in the text he talks about, like, well, it's impossible to, to like, eat a stone, right? Like, it, it is physically impossible for him to do. Which, yeah. I which think... he does kind of learn how to eat a stone. Um, not yeah, exactly. He learns, so... like, super focused. <laughs> um, no, I mean, to give one more disgusting twist to it, I mean, like, Sarah, you're exactly right. And you know what exactly would have happened if this was post-Florian? Fella would have loved it. They yeah. would have been written about she would have the greatest sex ever. They would have been a great sex scene, and that yeah. that would have been the result. Like, it, like that is exactly what Pat would have written. Damn, I didn't think it could get any worse, and you made it worse. Fuck, <laughs> and you're right. Yeah, I, I am. I'm one hundred percent sure of it. Yeah. Ugh. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> after that is admissions. I don't think the actual admissions is very interesting. He gets it's, in. He gets in. The price is high, and then he has to talk to Debbie and like. I have two things to say about the Debbie stuff. <laughs> we got to talk about the tweet. Hang on, I just want to... Three okay. things if we talk about the tweet. Just, I want to talk about something different yes. because I would like to talk, discuss something for like just five minutes that isn't to do with sexuality and sexual assault. Uh-huh. Um, so Hell just yeah. like as a shot of sorbet in between courses, I just want to mention that literally one page after the like, oh, I wouldn't tackle fella to the ground and ravager scene, I turn the page and then there's this 
actually genuinely quite emotionally captivating scene where Kvothe is like on come down from this drug and like just having all these like intrusive memories about his mother and how much he loves her and like Aori comes into his room and like holds him as he just like cries and cries and honestly genuinely kind of got me emotional I was like oh my god he's never properly confronted like the complete loss of his mother like okay this drug has finally unlocked those actually legitimately got me for like five minutes because he both a- remembers a woman he thought of as a person <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I think, women I think it's people. I was just gonna say on its own it's like good but like the whiplash from coming right after the Fela stuff it just like didn't really like I was still recovering from that yeah so. <laughs> I just you know maybe Maybe never having legitimately experienced sexual attraction has, like, given me a little bit of protection from this. <laughs> God, I wish that were me. <laughs> yeah! Maybe <laughs> I just, like, find it easier to ignore because... No, uh, Summer, when, what you were saying before about, like, oh, this scene, like, contributed to identifying as non-binary, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> Please don't yeah. think of me. No. <laughs> Ever. But again, when we get to the later stuff of this book, this book did lead me to identifying as asexual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is oh a, there is a thing about, like, Patrick just, like, writing about the way that, like, or, like, he's just, like, really naturalizing the idea of, uh, quote-unquote, the way men look at women. Like, not to talk about, like, male gay stuff, but, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's grim. Like, Listen, the way, I... like, he's so unreflective about it it's um, fine to talk about the male gaze you just need to not use it whenever you're talking about uh there's a woman wearing a sexy outfit and that is bad like that's not always bad it's just that yeah like, right yeah it's, like, it is a genuine i think helpful way of talking about things but yeah i don't want to go off about the male gaze a lot of people are misusing it just for like when men look at women which is not what it is but like this this specifically is that where it's like uh it's uh pretty dark stuff i don't know i'm i'm exhausted about talking about this and we'll have to talk yes. a bit more about uh sex stuff when we talk about devi but like the first thing i have with devi was yeah sorry to, oh, to finish up <laughs> to finish up my shot of sorbet i do think it's really funny when eladin like uh pranks both into setting fire to master Hammond's pretty room. funny oh, right, that happened before eladin, yeah, yeah. eladin's really pretty funny good. i love that, that. before admissions that was that was really good i i, I will say all the eladin stuff is good uh <laughs> I'm giving Aladdin 500 okay. Joker points for his. Aladdin is easily the best part of this book. Easily. Literally. I like to imagine him played by like a younger Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> yes! But he's just like, th- both throws the clothes onto the fire and Aladdin turns to the camera like, somebody stop me. <laughs> there is a kind of cool thing going on like in the Aladdin scene as well, uh, like thematically, that like. There's a there's a there's a there's oh, a thing yeah. where Elodin is like, you always want me to teach you, but like you just won't learn. Uh, like I've been teaching you all this time, you just won't learn. And there's like this, this 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 stubbornness stubbornness in quotes that will show up like in all the like later Elodin scenes where he's like so in his like head of like his specific way of learning that he just won't open up to like Elodin's uh, Elodin trying to like show him the other side of things uh, which I think is pretty cool like I think that stuff is is well done why are you burning your clothes Master Elodin and Elodin's like nope that's not the right question and then Quoth like finally after like five pages of bullshit looks around and is like oh god wait a second whose rooms are these 
and like that's a kind of gotcha as like oh look Kvothe is very stupid he never thinks about anything he's too thoughtless to learn naming would have failed the Milgram the Milgram experiment I simply think that he's a dumbass and it's good when it's good when he gets owned (laughs) It's very yeah. funny. We love to see it. Totally. And it almost makes me makes me more mad how good this scene is. Like how good, like because because he balances like the comedy of like uh, of like Elodie being like when 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 quotes like why are you burning Mister Hammer's clothes, Master, not Master. Sorry, uh, Jason Hammer. Why are you burning Jason's clothes? And uh, <laughs> he's like because I think he's an ass uh, and I hate his guts. <laughs> that's the whole, like that's funny, but at the same time. It like shows the ways like quote is a dumbass, um, the ways he like refuses to learn. Right, like if you can write this, like why is the rest of it like, so bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to talk anyway, about Devi. The thing Devi. I was gonna, the first thing I was gonna say about Devi is haggling about loans. Yeah, it's just the most boring stuff totally. in the world to read about. <laughs> Why does this take up so much of all of these books? Yeah. Yeah. Second of all, she does offer to sleep with him. Yep. Just completely pointlessly. He would have done Out it without nowhere. that. Also, she hints that she... As a throwaway joke. He, she she hints to him that she sleeps with women and he gets he does, he does gets the like um, dial-up sound going in his head over it. <laughs> Wait, fuck. Where did she do <laughs> she, She's... Oh, fuck. I can't even remember. He's just like... She does say, like, um, oh, women also would have jumped at this, or women also like the way I look. And he, he literally, like, does not compute responses to it. Because, <laughs> again, like, specifically, he goes to Debbie because he needs a loan to pay his tuition fees. Um, and then Devi is like, oh, but, like, the last time we talked, you implied you had a way into the archives. Um... And, like, Devi basically is like, oh, if you show me into the archives, because, like, she's banned from the uni or some shit. Like, she's, she's like, if you show me into the archives, like, I will just give you, like, ten talents, like, which is, like, not even alone. Like, we'll just give you. And Kvothe is like, mm, no, I couldn't do that. And then she's like, twenty talents. And he's still like, mm, no. Oh, I found it. That would be bad. Like, forty talents. And I will take you to bed. Okay. He was just thinking about the money. He didn't even really care. So she just like, I don't know. It just felt like a completely pointless thing to throw yeah. in there. Yeah. Ag- again, yet again, feels like Patrick writing a thing of like, oh, a woman just like offered to sleep with Quoth, and like he's he not even he down. doesn't even register it because he has not unlocked like the fuck upgrade <laughs> on his skill tree yet. Mm-hmm. Also, he's fifteen. How old is Devi again? Too Older old. than that. <laughs> Uh, I had access to vast stores of intellect, she said matter-of-factly, plus I'm cute as a button. She gave a grin that brought out dimples in both her cheeks. You are shiny as a new penny, I admitted. No man can hope to stand against you. Some women have have trouble keeping their feet as well, she said. Her grin changed slightly, moving from adorable to impish, and then well past the border into wicked. Not having the slightest idea how to respond to that, (laughs) I moved in a safer direction. (laughs) Literally, it's just like, oh, (laughs) lesbians. So epic. He's never heard of bisexuality. Freaking epic. The thing is, you know there's, like, people on Tumblr.com who are, like, quoting this and being like, oh, these books are so great. <laughs> Bisexual representation, the moneylender is by. 
And honestly, like, that that was me in fucking 2014, like, reblocking that shit. Of course it was. Yeah. I was there, like, I love Loan Shark bisexual representation. The girl boss, the girl boss Loan Shark is uh, bisexual and trans, apparently, according to Pat's recent tweet. Um, oh. Oh, yeah, we haven't read the tweet yet. I guess this is a good time to talk about the tweet. It's the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the tweet. <laughs> Where is it? I don't know. I'm not reading it. So I, I just scrolled up. Uh, he, he had a Q&A. Uh, someone asked, What's a fun thing about Devi that probably will never make it into the story? And then he quote-tweeted it with, She's super hung. So <laughs> there's a lot of layers to this. This is fundamentally absolutely no different from J.K. Rowling saying that Dumbledore is gay after the books. It's... It's exactly the I same. I like how he's admitting also that like it's never going to be mentioned in the books. It's like, oh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, this is a pointless... T- <laughs> yeah, he's not even saying, oh okay. yeah, she was trans the whole time. It's, oh yeah, she right. was trans, and by the way, I'll never mention it in the third book. <laughs> Enjoy your slop hogs. Okay, what? okay, but like, we're not under any illusions that this is like... Patrick confirming that she's trans. This is just Patrick doing a funny bit that he thinks is funny on oh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a funny yeah. bit. That's that's not. Yeah, it's to not. be clear. Yeah, it's it's. I I adore that it wasn't. I also, just like he learned, he's like from from J.K. What did I learn? I can't just say the character <laughs> is gay or you know trans. I, I got it. The character's hung. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh oh, Debbie's got that. Got that. You know, uh, knee bruiser. You know, and it's just like. Fuck, man. <laughs> you, you learned the wrong thing again. <laughs> Yet again, you misunderstood the reason JK's thing was bad. You, you missed it. It wasn't because it wasn't funny. That's not why it was bad. And so many people in the replies were like, fuck yes, we stand a trans queen. Like, he's, Patrick is like... Let's let's not be under like any like Patrick is just like throwing some slob out to the hawks here and they eat this shit up like they love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Slop for the hogs. Slog for the hops. I also yeah I I don't have much to say on that. I'm more interested yeah. in the fact that like Debbie who's like desperate to like get into the archives like give give quote a bunch of money quote doesn't doesn't tell her about it. And her response is, just again, to read this very quickly, um, you know, he goes, I'm sorry, I can't, getting in is complicated, it involves a friend, and I don't think they'd be willing. I decided to ignore the other part of her offer, as I hadn't the slightest idea what to say about it. There was a long, tense moment. God damn you, Debbie said at last, you sound like you're telling the truth. I am, I said, it's unsettling, I know. God damn. I, I love when my loan sharks, uh, who desperately desire information and are willing to give me a small fortune, um, <laughs> simply hear that my friend doesn't want to help them out and goes, that's fair, man. That's <laughs> too bad. <laughs> if your friend wouldn't be thrilled about it, I guess I better drop this up. Like, on a character, <laughs> this is the same, like, to his characters are too precious to him like he's clearly very proud mm. of like having come up with this character of Debbie who is like you know is taking advantage of quote but is still epic uh, and she's a girl boss and she like made it on her own and she's hot like, and she's I, don't, I don't hate Debbie conceptually like she's fun but she yeah. can never be evil yeah right like it's it's exactly no. that like we have I, this he she's a up... strawberry blonde so I had to stand <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are all. Whom among us is not strong? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. He's just. It's just this idea of like him. This this sucks on so many levels. Like, cause cause first of all, I I hate reading this and be like, oh, okay. So the devil thing is not tied up. So that so we're gonna have like future scenes of lone haggling. Um, <laughs> and and there's gonna be like this four this four four tra- threat hanging here where it's like. Uh, what if Devi will turn on Quoth and turn evil and, um, you know, sell out Auri because she wants to get into the library so much? Uh, and I, it's gonna, ca- I'm sure it's gonna come up as like a future threat, but it's never going mm-hmm. to like actually pay off because yeah. he likes the character too much to actually turn her evil. Yeah, we know, we know Patrick will never change a thing. Right. <laughs> a hero's journey is when. That's it's... all I have to say about Devi. <laughs> Hero's journey is when they go on a little trip and they come back and it was nice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hero's vacation. I feel like Debbie's out of the Xenoblade Chronicles too. I went to try to <laughs> find like Yeah, I got nothing for that done. Sorry, Summer. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking for more like I went to the tweet because I am <laughs> I love pain. Just to see <laughs> if he like elaborated or anything. But um Twitter won't let me look at it unless I log in, which I don't have a Twitter anymore, so Rippy-dippy. Weird. Yeah, that's... I'm. That's all I have to say about Debbie here. That's all I gotta say, period. It's been two hours and I'm like, yeah. I, I wanna die. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like, I have sort of a lot... Not that much to say about Auri and how, like, basically having with nothing to do with, like, all the admissions shit that he's just spent the last 75 pages grinding for, like, the rest of his problems are completely solved whenever he is just nice to Aori. Eladin, like, sort of see, encounters him on the roof being nice to Aori, and then from both ha- having been really, really nice to Aori, Eladin then decides that he is sound of mind enough to be able to be allowed back into the archives and also into his naming class, and that he then does both of those things for the rest of the section. Right, it's, it's remarkably easy uh, solutions to all the conflicts, which is good for clothing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like it's very frustrating when he's like grinding and grinding and grinding for tuition fees. Yeah. Like he has these other problems, which are then just solved by like a coincidence. Yeah, I guess just because oh, Patrick has decided that Kavos should probably be allowed back into the archives, so like it just kind of happens by accident. Um, coincidence is fine. <laughs> Yeah, there's this whole thing, like, cause, cause, like, for the, as you said, like, about the grinding, like, it almost has this, like, theme about poverty, uh, about mm. that being, like, tough on you, and the, there's, there's, like, these remarks where, like, none of these people understand what it's like to actually be poor, but it just gets completely dropped once he has the money, like, then it's gonna, just gonna be ignored, like, yeah, right. and it's gonna come up again, I'm sure, when he needs tuition, again. Yeah, and he needs to approach Devi again. And, <laughs> yeah, I can't uh, wait for the tuition scene in book three. <laughs> to quote Professor Farnsworth from Futurama, "Why remember anything when you're just going to forget it five seconds later?" <laughs> <laughs> I have dug into the Twitter, logged into a different account because I have blocked Patrick to just to <laughs> one of the. There's only I only see two quote quote tweets. <laughs> <laughs> on the she's super hung thing and the, one of them is in spanish and the other the other one says this is my new favorite tweet of all time that's a okay. low bar 
There's a reply. Us too, I guess. <laughs> a reply by someone saying, uh, please, please, please say Debbie is trans, I would cry. He literally um, said he wasn't going to say it in the text. It's not happening. Right. Someone replies, Debbie has big dick energy for sure. Clap emoji. Lone mm. sharking is big dick energy, but I don't think in the way that these people mean. Big win for us trans girls today. We get Debbie. Is what someone else replied. Oh, and I like, um, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too like mad about it. Cause like, it's nice <laughs> that people, it's nice that people are happy about it, but like, it's no, nothing. It is so nothing. No, it, people, no, people honestly, like at some point need to just go, these people are throwing slops. It doesn't, this is just for marketing. This, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like you, at some point you do have to go like, man, you know, what feel happy when you can. It's hard to feel happy in this <laughs> life, but. You gotta just this this ain't it. Yeah. You know. I it, I'm I, I don't mean just, to be too like No, you know, you're right. What to do, but. It yeah, it just like makes me go in yeah. how much how generous his fans are to Pat. It's really sad, actually. It, it makes me so sad. After, like, like they're giving him so much. Yeah. And I think this is just because he's been just like dicking around on Twitch, like I know people complain about George R. R. Martin doing other stuff, but like at least he's like mostly in his cabin, right? Like it's not, but like he he really is. Like if you really want book three, you know, I think your patience with Patrick is like it could do know. to be a lot lower. I you know not to. <laughs> I think it's yeah. just we're in a position where like trans acceptance is at such a, a low point at the moment that the the slop is is so reassuring. But it's like, we can settle yeah. for more than slop. I'm so hungry, I'll take anything I can get. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had some stuff to say about, about dinner and, and more about like comparisons to physical objects. But I think that's going to be a, a recurring theme. So I feel like I can get into that at a, another time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm starving, I'm sorry to say. I think I'm going to... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I will say... Uh, we need to wrap up. The, like, just, in, just, just, just as general thoughts for the final bits of this, uh, of this reading. Because I did... You know, after after the Devi scene, like most of everything, like that came after that, I enjoyed mostly in broad strokes. I think the Elodian classes are funny uh, to read. Um, the uh, there's there's the bit where the, the 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 roof scene with Auri, where it's like we get we get to see a different side of Elodian because um, he's been knowing Auri all this time as well. Um, that's fun um there's a there's like a whole lot of descriptions about like the interior life of the library mm-hmm. which uh it's it reminds me of uh of of like a book that did that better the book i recommended at the end of last season which is uh the city of uh lost books by vitamers um which mm-hmm. is like the whole thing is like basically about like the interior life of books um but you know i don't mind it like there's there's some fun stuff in these scenes but like as we said like the stakes are now suddenly like completely gone like yeah like what are we even doing here right and then Mm -hmm. the last thing is the big twist that uh that dana and ambrose are now oh yeah he's like doing something dating he's paying her or something both is like how could you and it's like i don't know she's 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 being paid for it <laughs> yep 
Exactly. Yeah. I will say my pattern. She's on the grind set. She's all about the grind set. <laughs> <laughs> my my pat on sorry, the back sorry. that I was like kind of thinking about is like maybe a little controversial, but I was uh kind of thinking about how um the way that they interact, Quoth and Denna, actually makes me feel or at least both of the times that I've read this series before, um, it, it was hard for me to tell whether or not Denna actually liked him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that because it's like it does seem like if you were one of their friends from the outside, it would be pretty obvious that they liked each other. Mm-hmm. But somehow yeah. it's written in a way that like it's very unclear whether Denna actually likes Quoth or not. Yeah, I think that's, that's my good. That's yeah, my pat, on the, pat on the back, I guess. Yeah. My pat on the back was the li- the bit of the library where they get rid of the bugs being called the buggery because I think, in fairness, it's a joke that I would have appreciated in a Terry Pratchett novel and I do think it's kind of funny because I'm about oh, yeah, that's 15 absolutely. years old. No, that's absolutely him showing his like Terry Pratchett influence. Like, I think, that I think is it's very clearly him doing Terry Pratchett joke. One of those lines that you're like, all right, when did you say, how, what shower did you yeah. think this up in Patrick? <laughs> exactly. Uh, my, my pat on the back is as much as... Uh, as much as I clowned on the part earlier, I legitimately love the like two sentences where he's like, "What do you call it?" You know, after you press the apples to get the cider, Palmas like Palmas, <laughs> and like it's been two years. <laughs> like that, that is legitimately good. It's funny, and then his response of like, "You could have just asked anyone." He's like. No, if I would have asked these people what Thomas was, I like if not, nah, I just can't. They'd have been like, the okay, fed. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I thought I thought that was legitimately charming. Those two or three pages are probably my favorite pages in like the entire series. <laughs> um, my pat on the back. Well, first of all, my pat on the back in general is just like Elodin being the funniest fucking character, and probably whenever he knocks on the like head archivist's window in the middle of yeah. the night and like the archivist Lauren just opens it and is like, alright Eleanor, what do it's you like, want? like, how often does this happen? <laughs> yeah. Are you getting into a um, fist fight for someone just using the word utilize instead of use? I thought that was <laughs> very yeah. relatable. Um, but like to finish up this episode, I kind of want to um, read a little section that absolutely floored me. Um, knocked me to the ground, punched me in the gut, and is also pretty funny, and is classic Patrick. Um, and you will probably remember this when I start. Um, and it is the part in which, because we opened this episode giving each other interesting facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a thing that Elodin does in the book. He strolls into class, says, tell me things. So, pe- the students start saying such things as spiders can breathe underwater or if you drink more than two quarts of seawater you'll throw up mm-hmm. um, and one of the students who clearly loves maths starts saying you can divide infinity an infinite number of times and the resulting pieces will still be infinitely large Yuresh said in his odd Latani accent but if you divide a non-infinite number an infinite number of times the resulting pieces are non-infinitely small since they are not infinitely small but there is an infinite number of them if you add them back together their sum is infinite this implies that any number is in fact infinite wow said Eladin after a long pause he leveled a serious finger at the, Lat- at the Lenati man. Yuresh, your next assignment is to have sex. If you do not know how to do this, see me after class. 
Yeah. That was fun. I I, I did laugh at that. Like that, that was a very I, fun I, I I found that so unfunny. Like just an <laughs> opposite case. Like like I because when I was reading that, I'm like, oh, like there's like math theory and like there's like mathematicians doing pure math somewhere and they've like figured out like the concept of infinity in this medieval world and okay that's weird cool like like that's something and then the next Ellen is just like <laughs> lame loser <laughs> get like have sex point Dexter. like that's just like the okay yeah I don't sorry I don't find that funny I think well, you, did, you didn't say that was funny that well like have you tried so... having sex got him it's almost funny in how immature it is it is the most Patrick line yeah it is but honestly my thought for the most part of this was like what is this the fault in our stars like I I couldn't get past that (laughs) imagine that's just where we're at I am excited to talk about sex and sexuality for the rest of this book um i do think one episode we should like ban talking about it and then see what we're where we can get um (laughs) but it will it will be with it will haunt us yeah the same way Um, that we decided in the first season that we're gonna stop talking about patrick as a a person it's impossible (laughs) it's impossible to do that works but we'll we'll see where our next section takes us um I was gonna go up to chapter forty six because that's just the next interlude. But that sounds good. We'll schedule it. Yep. Um. All right. And until next time, I cannot remember if we have a thing we say at the end of these episodes. Bye, gamers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remember to block Patrick Rothfuss on Twitter. <laughs> it's for your own safety. It really is. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's go eat. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.